0: Welcome again. My name is Father Ryan Betway, and I'm a priest here with Corpus Christi. We're really excited. Uh, I've had a great weekend of, of uh, fellowship with other priests in our diocese uh, at our, our annual synod, which is a time of uh, fellowship and worship and, and lots of business as well uh, as w- uh, we prepare to enter into a new season. Of, uh, of the life of our of Diocese of the Mid-Atlantic. Uh, and yesterday we had the great pleasure of being voted on to become a mission of the Diocese of the Mid-Atlantic. Uh, so those of you who were there, uh, thank you so much for your support. Uh, what an exciting time. Um, Father Morgan gave a really great presentation uh, that uh, to the Synod uh, about the uh, about the things that are happening in our congregation, the things that are happening in now our mission. Uh, And uh, if you'd like an update on what that exactly means, you can ask him because he had explained it to me. I'm still learning the specifics of the ins and the outs uh, of the implications of each of these uh, designations. But uh, for what it's worth, it means that we are growing. And we are growing in... Uh, worship of the Lord, and we're growing in uh, in the ways that God is leading us to come before him as his people, and as this pastor says, as his nation of priests, uh, and we are uh, really excited about what God's doing in our midst, and um, what I want to do today is I want to uh, say a word of prayer as we begin, uh, and uh, as we come to the Lord in prayer If you want to find in your Bibles, we're going to be looking especially at at Revelation chapter 1 today. So if you will, join with me as we pray. Father, thank you for all you're doing in our midst. Thank you for the ways you're building us up or breaking us down or uh, in whatever you are doing providentially, Lord, that you would be doing it. For your glory, help us to recognize all you're doing. Help us to see uh, the goodness you have given us in Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We pray. Amen. Well, today again is uh, Christ the King. Today we are... uh, Christ the King Sunday, and uh, you could probably pick up on that theme in our, in our readings as well today, uh, but it is certainly all over this passage in Revelation 1. Anytime you come to Revelation, uh, I don't know if you're anything like me, but it, uh, it's, it's kind of like the, the, the really weird book that uh, we only talk about in, in whispers and hushed tones because no one really gets it. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of images. There's a lot of uh, beasts and angels and thrones. There's a lot of songs. It's it's a there's a lot going on, and and yet uh, in uh, among our our readings for today, it's uh, it's rivaled as well with these other passages, uh, including the book of Daniel. And so there is a lot going on. And so what I want to do is I, I want to bring it. I, I wish I could say that I, I want to make it clearer, but what I want to do first is actually to kind of keep it a bit more jumbled. Because uh, there really is such a rich message that God has for us today in this passage. Um, and and the, the, main, uh, the main point that I, I want to focus on is this idea of, of Christ the King. Trust the King, who was, who is, and is to come. That we are tr- trusting the King, Christ, the King who was and is and is to come. Unlike earthly kings, Jesus Christ has the distinction of being the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So he he was. What does it mean that that God was from of old? C.S. Lewis, in his uh, in his great epic, the uh, in his book, The Mere Christianity, he says this, that God is the self that Christ, rather, is the self-expression of the Father. What the Father has to say. And there was never a time when he was not saying it. Much the more important thing to know is that it is a relationship of love. The Father delights in the Son. The Son looks up to his Father. What what the Christians mean by the statement that God is love. Is that, the, their, that their God is a living, dynamic activity of love. That this activity has been going on in God forever and has created everything else. In Christianity, God is not a static thing, but a dynamic, pulsating activity. A life almost a kind of drama. Also, if you think me not irreverent, a kind of dance. This is the illustration that C.S. Lewis draws on, and he continues to focus on that, that idea of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit loving one another from all of eternity, from before the beginning What a mind-blowing concept for us. Often, I'm presented with the question, why did God create people? Was he lonely? And the assumption there is that something was lacking from our God. That God needed something from us to fulfill some need that he had. But what was God doing from before the beginning? God was loving God, the Father knowing and serving the beloved son and the son and the spirit glorifying father forever and ever. So what does this mean for us? That God was from the beginning and is love for us now. When we think of, when we think of this, we, we think that, that um, also that we're trusting in a God who is, you see in creation, our God came near to us, in creating a cosmos and a universe, reflecting this infinite love that He shared, and the intimate fellowship that He enjoyed from all time, yet con- containing in creation itself enough wonder to peak, to, pe- to peak in us the crown of creation. His people, the glory and praise, due His name. But since the fall, immediately God's project of redeeming and renewing this cosmos and renewing that relationship that He shared with them has been underway. God wasted no time springing to action to ensure that His people would be both cared for in their desperate need, yet also face the just consequences for their transgression of God's law. God's redemption project came near in his commandments, his covenant love, and indeed it culminates in Christ, a king beyond comparison whose name is love, in whom we have redemption by his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Even this coming, the end of tyranny, of death, brought about also a beginning, the beginning of the age of the church, just as suddenly as God drew near to us as a child in a cradle, next to cows and crows, Christ ascended in the blink of an eye, telling his disciples to wait, wait wait but but God's kingdom is come in Christ it is finished you said why wait what were we waiting for this is what we see in this passage in in Revelation Uh, when we look here in verse 3 blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear who keep what is written in it for the time is near. We have a God who is enthroned on high and has ascended. We see this image in Daniel. In, in Daniel chapter 7. This image. This, this image of the Ancient of Days upon his throne. And, of, and that out of that image comes horns and the beast before them slain and destroyed and burned with fire. And we see the dominion and the glory and the kingdom and all peoples and nations and all people of all languages coming near. And a dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom shall not be destroyed. Christ has descended and reigns on high. As members of Christ's body, then, we too reign with Christ as a kingdom of priests. We have the authority and, yes, the duty that are aimed at glorifying our God in Christ, and yes, our God has come near, but we 're left with that anxious question what what then what what are we waiting for, just as his disciples waited for the Holy Spirit to come to them to begin and inaugurate the, the age of the church, so too we 're left with that question: What are we waiting for? What does it mean that God is our king, that this kingdom has come and yet has not come. How how can that paradox be true? Well, we trust in a God and a King who is to come. When I was in college, I remember I was a youth leader at the local high school, and I was driving, uh, and it was a it's a relatively rural. Uh, Place in Southwest Virginia, and I was driving through some windy um, streets. And there's this one part with a really small bridge, and uh, driving over it. I, I guess I must have been having a bad day. I must have been stressed about school or um, or about social uh, social up upheaval or uh, something was anxious in my head and I remember specifically thinking I wish God would just come right now and I stopped right before that bridge because nobody really used those roads they're relatively uh, deserted so I, I just pulled over and I, I closed my eyes and one word came to my head tribulation. I wanted God to just take me right there. And, and um that, that betrayed a certain theological bend that I no longer hold anymore, that I, I, I actually believe the tribulation has already come, and I'm not going to be raptured away in in the same manner as I believed then. But what I do recognize in that desire that I had in that moment when I sat there and I, I was praying for God's tribulation and his rapture to come That same question, that urgency of that question is what we sit with each and every moment of our lives. Where is God's grace and peace that the author of uh, John gives us and offers us amidst the suffering and toil and trial of our lives right now where we sit? How do we get a sense of urgency when what we're offered is the beginning of the story out of eternity and the end of the story into eternity. How does that bring us to a sense of urgent love? Well, what, what, what we do get in this is that very sense of urgency. And, and what, what I want to offer us is this, that, that we're meant to ins, be inspired when we see God's offer of that coming kingdom in Christ, reigning as king. You see, what we do as this kingdom of priests, we draw near to the throne of the king when we gather together. What we're doing even right now, when we gather together, as verse 3 says, to read aloud the words of this prophecy. We, we receive the blessing of God, the sure hope of his salvation in Christ. We draw near to God's throne when we pray together, when we receive the sacraments together, when we pray with one another and we intercede, not just along with our voices, but along with many millions as this the, as Daniel's passage says 10,000s upon 10,000s are meant to think of the whole communion of saints those who have gone before us and yes those who will are to come we're we're meant to think of the whole body of Christ coming together interceding and praying and inspiring one another to not just to not just think I, of the desire we have to be with God in a perfect, eternal glory, but indeed to persevere in this moment where he is reigning and is listening and is, in fact, seated at the right hand of God. And indeed, we draw near to the throne of God of Christ our King when we keep what is written in that word. You see, what we're, we're, we are indeed blessed with this opportunity to know and have confidence and an eager expectation that God is our King, our coming King. Yeah. That, that, there, that the end is near, that we're either going to die or God is going to come back that those are really our only two options. But what we are also given is this sure hope that in this life, here and now, that each and every day we are blessed by God in that confidence so that we can be a blessing for others, so that we can fulfill the very thing that God has given us in our mission as the church. That our confidence that he has been and is near and will soon come again. That's the very confidence that we take into the darkness of the world around us. The darkness of our hearts that we bring to him with trust. Into a deeper intimacy with him. The difficulties of our lives and our vocations and our callings, we bring to him, to the throne of grace. And we confidently endure all the sufferings of our lives, as well as, as, well as enjoying the fellowship and the joys that his life brings with us. So let us continue today as we, as we draw near the throne of grace to recognize our, our God and entrust ourselves to him fully, the Alpha and the Omega, the one who was and is and will be forever. Father, Lord Jesus, we recognize you today as King, and we ask that you would reign in our hearts more and more. Lord, help us to see the places you are calling us to entrust ourselves as a church, and as individuals more fully and completely to you. In Jesus' name, amen.